Ho, 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 and all that bullshit. This is Matt uh, from Lo-Fi Rebels, and you're listening to the Punks in Pubs podcast Christmas special. There's some sleigh bells for you. Um, this is the new track from us, recorded live uh, as part of uh, our WMD sessions. Um, this is a song about our beloved NHS. It's called A Thousand Cuts. It's out only on 7-inch vinyl through Weekend Offender Records. Enjoy. See, I'm finding my question for a daily friend of just the same as In pubs podcast my name is liam bird and welcome to this motherfucking christmas special podcast that's right it's the season every year we like to do a christmas special and this year is no different personally i'm a fan of christmas it's a time for me to be with my mates who are my family kind of gives me an opportunity to really appreciate them uh well i probably don't for the rest of the year so uh yeah they get it once a year that's what you get for being a friend with me uh you take it or leave it thankfully i've got a group of friends who take it and i love them for it i know for some christmas is not as jolly as it's as a lot of people make it out to be and it could be quite a rough few weeks so make sure you go and check in on your friends who you know is having a rough time and if that person is you listening to this then please 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 reach out to someone you know 
someone who will listen to you or if you don't have that person please reach out to the samaritans and just chat about how you're feeling trust me people do care people love you and uh, this podcast is one of them Uh, so please uh, reach out to someone you love because we do love you back Because it's the season, you might be in a giving mood. If that is the case, please give me two minutes of your time and go vote for the Punks and Pubs podcast in the Pod Bible Podcast Awards. That's fucking hard to say. In the best indie DIY podcast category, uh, you can do that by going to podbiblemag.com. That's podbiblemag, or one word, dot com. Right now, click on the link that says vote on your favorites. Scroll to the bottom of that page where it says all my pods, independent podcasts, and vote for Punks and pubs you do have to type it in punks and pubs we're not in the category drop downs we're not that big so we're not allowed to be in that bit uh, therefore the joe rogan's and the uh, uh, adam buxton's podcast world we're nowhere near that uh, so you need to kind of type in punks and pubs put your name and then enter uh, your vote right okay let's get on with episode 48 the christmas special where i sat down in a bar in camden town with the wonderful pete steinerkoff i think i pronounced that right i mean i'm dyslexic so i fuck up names that do not look uh like a smith or a or a jones anything that throws in a k i'm fucked if you throw in a k in a last name it fucks me up uh so apologies pete if i fucked up your last name uh pete of the bouncing souls uh the bouncing souls for me were massive in my journey of finding punk and loving punk so the opportunity to sit down with pete was fantastic and the opportunity to talk about subjects such as gift giving ideas uh blackpool east coast bands on epitaph prince and the plot to the movie rudy of course we talk about the bouncing souls in particular we talk about the near split that happened just before the gold album we also talk about the track olay which i find out that pete really doesn't like and also the story behind tales of iraq i'll be back after our talk to talk about 2019 and wish you all a happy new year but until then enjoy this christmas special between me and pete of the bouncing souls enjoy So we are. Go. <laughs> so we. Are, the weird thing about podcasts is like you start talking and all of a sudden someone goes, "We're on," and you're like, "Oh, like, wait, wait. yeah, yeah." Um, uh, What's the question? Uh, for the fact? <laughs> and so we're in Camden uh, at the Black Heart. Pete was just telling me last time he was here, he got a bit messy. We were here. Yeah, we were here all night. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool place. It is. A, it's a cool little great time where they, they played like really good music all night. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the beer's quite so cheap. Right now they're playing music. The cramps right now. Is it? Yeah. I, I see. I, I'm totally focused on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in for this. So this is it, it's October. It's about three days out from Halloween. But this is going to be our Christmas podcast. Okay. 
So happy Christmas or holidays there or whatever you call it. Fuck, this is proper punk. Proper punk, yeah. <laughs> we, Christmas when we want it. So I do have, I have got some gifts for you. Okay. Um, but I, I'm going to hold a couple back. Okay. And then give you some. But I, I thought, well, you can open one now. Okay. This is um, so nice. I don't know what I did to deserve this. So it, I, d- I didn't have any Christmas wrapping pre- presents. I can't uh, wrapping see it. is oh, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Okay. You got a kid? Do you I've watch Paw Patrol? We don't watch Paw Patrol yet. Yeah. But um, I heard out, it's like the it's all the rage. Yeah, you know? yeah. 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 <laughs> Kids love dogs doing human stuff. They do. Yeah. I'm so honored to get a gift. Oh man! Didn't do anything. It's yet. Christmas. Christmas. Right. So for people who can't see, okay, I can't a podcast. See. I'm blind and it's really dark in here. So what I've got you is a traveling hot sauce key ring. Whoa. So there's some hot sauce in there. That Just is a really, it that's a really nice gift. Well, I know people when you... keychain? Yeah. When you're touring, you, yeah. got, you got bland shit food, yeah. and bang. We're in England. Exactly. It's like the home of bland food. So, <laughs> you need to right. boost that yeah. shit. Yeah. You need to boost it up. Yeah. Thank you very much. My pleasure. I man. love it. Awesome. So do you cook? Do you cook? I cook at home, yeah. Yeah. How, what, what kind of stuff are you cooking? Um, I'm not like a huge cook. I'm a big, like, I love cooking breakfast. Yeah. Like, we wake up and like, I make breakfast for me and my son. Yeah. And, uh, it's like my, like our little father son time. Yeah, it's yeah, father son yeah, time. Yeah. Make some eggs. Yeah, make all kinds of stuff. Um, and then uh, we go out and play outside. So it's like I like to. It's a little, mm. a little like ritual, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. And what about Christmas? Christmas at Peace House. What's Christmas? I like at Peace Christmas. House? Um, usually we have a thing. Me and my wife, uh, we go to her family's Christmas Eve and have yeah. a whole have a whole Christmas thing, and then we do Christmas Day just. Just us, you know. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. to like local, local pub, have some lunch together. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. So you go to the pub, like cooks everything for you. Yeah, you don't have to worry about just Christmas the dinner. Day, it's like our thing, you know. But we like we celebrate Christmas, the Christmas Eve with her family and stuff, and then um, yeah, Christmas night we usually have like an open house kind of party. Oh, nice! Like, it, anyone who wants to come, come by and say hi. Yeah, after like, uh, like their family obligations and stuff. Is it like Christmas behind br- around the piano? Like uh, Christmas? <laughs> no, but I just I recently got uh, the piano for our new house, so maybe that it, it might start this year. You know? There you go. Yeah. A bit of Nat King Cole, yeah, play, Nat King Cole, out. David Bowie, you know, <laughs> little, little drummer boy or something. So you're in the UK celebrating 30 years of Bouncing Souls. We've got 45 minutes an hour of this podcast, so we're not going to get through that. Let's face okay. it. So people right. listen to this, so you're expecting us to go deep dive. Yeah. Not happening, guys. Like There's it's... a lot of history in there. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's a fucking lot of stuff. So we're going to kind of skim along stuff, and okay. hopefully we'll uh, make people happy. So We'll do all the good stuff. Huh? I mean, we'll yeah. try. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you grew up in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey, I think, has a stereotype all over the world because of that New Jersey show that was out. What was it like growing up in New Jersey? Is it actually kind of like a chilled out, like college town? Because I believe the New uh, New, New Brunswick is a college yeah, town. Yeah, it's a college it? town. We, we grew up like a, a couple of towns from there, more just like suburban New Jersey, you know. Mm. So we um we all like like went to high school together, and then after high school, like like New Brunswick was the the town like near us that, that had a music scene. Yeah. You know? So like we just kind of just, just all got a house there and went there. But growing up in New Jersey, it's, it's cool. It's a great, it's a great place to grow up because there's all kinds of things around it. Like you're right near like New York City, you're right, right near Philadelphia, yeah. And like where I live now, at Asbury Park, which is a, it's a huge, a, a huge town for music too. So I think it's a cool place to grow up. It, 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 it gets a bad rap yeah. because of things like you know Jersey Shore, but those people exist, you know, and they're entertaining. So <laughs> I, I have no problem with it. Good for coffee watching, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. But uh. You know, I think they get a bad rap too because 
when like you land like the airport in Newark, like like as soon as you like you get like in a cab or something, it's just like it's just factories and you know it's, it's kind of gross. But that's the it's a very small part of New Jersey. There's mm. a, there's beautiful beaches and hills and trees. You know, it's a beautiful place. Well, funny enough, I've only been to New Jersey <laughs> once, and that was completely by accident. Um, I was trying to be like untourist and going well I can make my own way to because I was going to LaGuardia airport and I was just like I don't need a cab I don't need a bus I'm going to use the public transport system ended up in the fucking middle of like New Jersey on the wrong train not knowing what LaGuardia yeah on the wrong side of New York yeah yeah I was (laughs) fucked (laughs) (laughs) I probably fucked up so I got out of this station and it must have been just there was one cab and the cab wasn't even like a yellow cab it was someone's car sketchy yeah yeah so I jumped in the car and I said to him like I need to get to LaGuardia how much and I only had like $120 and he's like how much you got in your pocket I was like 100 I wanted like $20 over to eat jumped in the car and I swear he if the car went over 70 it shuddered like a motherfucker oh my god and I was like oh fucking hell what the hell is happening it's an experience though you know? <laughs> it's definitely you an experience. Jersey experience I got to enjoy yeah. a bit of Jersey it was nice yeah, yeah. then I got out you got out um, yeah you gotta come back sometime Definitely. Come to the beach. It's nice. I've yeah. heard the yeah. beach is nice. It's very nice. Um, I, I was talking to uh, a name drop here, right. um, Tom May from Menzingers, yeah. and I, I think you've played it as well, Rebellion um, yeah. in Blackpool. Yes. He says that Rebellion reminds him of the shore in Jersey. It's like, yeah, like um, there's towns in New Jersey, like Asbury Park and um, like Wildwood and uh, like Seaside Heights. They're mm. all like, it's all, there's like amusement parks and stuff. It, yeah, like the first time we ever went there, like we thought the same thing. Oh, really? Like, so Blackpool is kind of like Jersey Shore. So sure. people who might not be able to get to Jersey, go to Blackpool. Go to Blackpool, yeah. <laughs> Just it's close. It's a little, uh, the weather's a little bit nicer in New Jersey probably in the 100%, summertime. 100%, yeah. mate. Yeah. 100%. Um, More waves too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we've got is just fucking dead people. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's dead people going yeah. out drunk, yeah. coming back in dead. Condoms, dead people. <laughs> it's a party. Yeah. Going up at school then in New Jersey... Were you kind of were you a, um, a, a like a nerdy kid or were you quite jockish? Like, did you enjoy sports? I, I was like in the middle. Like, I played played soccer my whole life, which um, I love football. Yep. And uh, uh, thank you for making the correction. Okay. Sorry, sorry. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I played soccer, but I also you know loved music, played music. So in high school, me and Brian and Greg all like became like super tight. So. I kind of went like in like that direction. Mm. But, you know, I still love playing soccer, so I'm like, you know, I'm not one thing. You know, I like I, I like sports, I like, I like music, I like kind of do it all. Like, like we like our school is kind of small, you know, it's, and, and like we had like a smoking lounge outside, so we could all like we hung out and it was all like, like the punks and like the metalheads and you know all like the art kids would all kind of hang out and mm. just kind of congregate there. So it's a cool scene. So who are you like your soccer? Like, do you have a team? Uh, not really. I, I no, just, just enjoy playing. Yeah, and watching it too. You know. Have you had a chance to watch any in England? Yeah, I watch um, every weekend. I watch EPL. I mean, like, live. Like, have you gone oh, to a game live? Yeah, been I mean, a couple of games. Yeah, it's who, fun. The energy's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who you been to? I'm we went, just interested. We went to uh, Manchester United game. That's not real football. To, huh? That's not real football. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a game in Liverpool once too. Oh, Anfield. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Cool. Sorry, I'm, I'm a massive football fan okay, myself. Yeah. I work. I now work in in football, oh, so cool. it's, uh, it's just interesting to know what you. Who's your team? I'm a I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. Okay, have cool. you heard of them? Yeah. Have you? Of course, yeah. Fuck off. I have. How I have mean, you heard of them? I follow 
I follow it just like I don't like pretend like I'm from England and have a team I just like mm. I enjoy watching the game you know what oh, I mean? good I mean if you need a team mate huh? Forrest desperately needs okay. supporters so uh, take <laughs> okay. it next time you come that's your gift okay, a Forrest okay, jersey okay, cool. um, so when was the first time punk kind of made its way into your life then was it through friends and family or was it through yeah. just radio I had a kid um, in my neighborhood uh, named Rick Connell who uh, He's tall. He's a tall punk, you know. This is like in, in the mid '80s, and he used to make me mixtapes. It's like Dead Kennedys and like, like the Angry Samoans and Ramones and all these all these cool mixtapes. Hmm. So that was my introduction for sure. And I was like, oh, like this shit's cool, you know. Because I, I was listening to like you know like Led Zeppelin and Stones, and, which I still like. I love all that music as well, you know. But like. Hearing punk was like, oh, like, you know, like I can start a band too, you know. So then, like me and my friends started playing music together, and and uh, me and Brian had a couple bands, and then we got Bouncing Souls together in, in 1989, hmm. and now it's been 30 years. Here we are. I first heard of punk it was this it was how fast it was that, that grabbed my attention right and it was just the speed of how people were were playing that guitar or hitting that drum or just spitting out words what about for you what was was it the sound that you really liked or it was like the songs like i remember like hearing like dead kennedy songs you know and like just like the, the angry samoan songs and hearing like what they were about you know it was like people were singing about fucking cool stuff you know mm. like shit like you don't hear on the radio you know um not even just, like political really but just you know interesting lyrics about and like that like that hooked me in yeah that took the most so Bon Jovi was from around your way isn't yeah. he yeah yeah how, how? that's 180 <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just go with it man. just go with it I mean that, that, cause you, just cause you said like the music you were listening to um, were like the Rolling Stones Zeppelin did you ever kind of dip your toe into that kind of Bon Jovi, Brian Adams kind of vibe? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love like all that music. You know, mm. I love anything with a hook. You know, I, I just love I love good songs. You know, so mm. and, and growing up, growing growing up like like New Jersey was all about you know Bruce Springsteen. He's like the local hero. Mm. So and you know, like I've gone in and out of like my Bruce Springsteen phases, but his songs were just like just timeless and catchy and beautiful and like that that's like that's like fucking New Jersey um, I feel like you can't and the Misfits and the Misfits yeah yeah here's Bruce Springsteen and Misfits if you, if you New Jersey I feel like if you don't like Bruce I think you just you get kicked out of New Jersey is that correct that's what I've heard yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you, get, you get killed <laughs> thrown in the ocean you know never seen again 
exactly. It's like Blackpool. Um, <laughs> so you kind of mentioned that the fact that in, in Jersey you've got New York one way, Philly the other. Yeah. As a band trying to start out, was that a blessing or was that a curse? Because you've got such a like a like a, a, a massive music scene going on in both cities, and you're trying to break in right. to both. How did you find that? Um, it's a blessing because we like when we started like the, there wasn't that that much of like a scene really like it was like the early 90s it was kind of like I think it was a weird time for music like it was just, like an in-between kind of mm-hmm. time so we kind of started our own scene in Brunswick like our friends would come to shows and, and people would start coming to our house for shows and then we kind of got a name a little bit like and people would start to hear us and we'd try to like get to New York and play a couple things and we you know like we kind of bang our heads against the wall a lot and then we had a couple cool opportunities you know where we got to, to we played in New York at this place called the Continental opening up for seven seconds and that was a big one I remember like that being like, like a turning point like, like in New York because then like we went back and had a good show you know mm. like, like our own show and Philadelphia was like where we got pretty popular like the first place that we could go and like draw like like 500 people you know or and there's a there's a club like right out, outside of Philly Trenton, New Jersey called City Gardens which became our kind of home 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 club hmm. we could go there and sell it out you know so like, it was almost like what, what, it, it was like a balloon effect you know like you just kind of started and you just kind of spread out you know and then we slowly would go to like you know Boston or Washington and then, just, then like we're on tour you know just, yeah it, it's it's so different now because of the internet like you back then it was just hand to hand combat <laughs> just like handed your like your like your patch or your seven inch to people and hopefully they like shared it with their friends you know mm. that was the that was the algorithm back then because <laughs> <laughs> New York is very much like London where perhaps there's something going on all the time there's always a band and I always feel that crowds are a lot more kind of like show me something different like I yeah. could watch this anytime do you find that in London when you first came over did you yeah, get yeah. a warm reception or was it like I've seen this um, we got some good shows here because I think by the time we got here like like we were kind of established um, like in New York too like we played like a lot of crappy shows and then people started like hearing about us and they started like like we just had our own own like little niche you know mm-hmm. of, of diehard friends and fans you know so I think we just kind of carved our own little path like in those kind of places so we never really had to like compete in the music scene like we just had our own thing Hmm. people came or they didn't so do you remember the first time that you got on stage and you looked around and you went we can actually fucking do this like there's a career in in what we're doing I I think it's like when we Club City Gardens in New Jersey like when we like would like do like a record release show and sell out to the artists were like wow like we actually came home with the music we got a couple hundred bucks you know like this is crazy you know like, we have we can pay we, we can pay rent for months now hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean um, it's just it's like, like just like those, those little kind of small victories that kind of start to compound into bigger ones you're like, like we can do this you yeah. know and we never had a backup plan or like thought like you know like we're just like we're just gonna be a band and have fun and see what happens we were be a band for 30 years or we'll just die you know like who knows <laughs> like we didn't have like a oh like if I don't like succeed in 10 years I'm gonna 
go to school for accounting. You know, mm. like we just we just went for it. You know. So did you not have any side jobs while doing the band? Just like shit jobs, just to just just, just to like pay the rent and stuff. Yeah. You know. Did you ten bar? I, I've never bartender. No, no. Okay. I always wanted to be though. Like something like. I might do now, you know, just <laughs> for fun. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's such a fun job, you know. I mean, it's but, fun, apart but, from the customers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love to be, like, be a bartender in, in, like, the afternoon, you know, like, the afternoon shift. Got, like, your, like, your regulars coming in for a couple of beers. Mm. Yeah. I don't want to work at two in the morning. It's not no. fun. No. No. I've done that. Don't ever. Until five is good. You know, yeah. It's good for me. Especially when people start coming, like your mates start coming out from work, and then they can yeah. meet you at the bar, and then you can start drinking on the bar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. on the bar's tab. <laughs> um, so you spoke about like releasing uh, EPs and stuff. So you, your, your debut came out. Your your debut uh, came out in '94. Mm-hmm. Were you, so how many EPs were you releasing before um, you you released the good, the bad, and the uh, the, the the angry? Been an EP called uh, called the Green Ball Crew, mm-hmm. which kind of sucked, you know. So. It, we're, we're kind of glad like that didn't really catch on, but like we did two seven inches that um, we ended up like, putting together with a couple more songs that became Good, Bad, and the Argyle, hmm. and, we, and we put that out on our own label, and then um, we played a show with with a Youth Brigade, Stern Brothers, who, who own BYO Records. They saw us and like they wanted us to be on the label, yeah. So we just became like instant friends with them, and they like. They took over that first record, and they they got us out to California and stuff, and that's where everything kind of got started and kind of blew up. So when you decided to put it out self-release, was that because no one was picking up? Like, no were one, you posting yeah. it out and trying to get someone? We had a the bathroom like in our apartment was 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 pasted with all of like our, our rejection letters from every record label that we that you, that you could ever think of, you know. So it was like our inspiration. Mm. And, like we'll just we'll just fucking do it ourselves. And obviously that's worked out because you've gone back to that kind of um, releasing now, uh, your, your own DIY uh, record release. I think you've got like a, you do part with Rise and then yeah, you, and you yeah, put it out yourself. Yeah, yeah. Was that important for you now? Like the fact that you have complete control of everything well, that you do? Like we're on Rise now, 100%, but um, we get, like they let us do like, like whatever we want, you know, because mm. I think we've just been around so long, like we just kind of earned that, I guess, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, we still like do some soft releases too. It's, it's cool. It's just um, it, it becomes harder over time when everyone has other things going on in their lives to like to, to like, commit time to doing like your own like label. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of work. So in '94, that was the year where there was obviously Offspring, No Effects, Bad yeah. Religion, Rancid started kicking off, and obviously you released your debut album at that time. Did, did you find that that happening was a huge boost and probably projected uh, the yeah. Bouncing Souls uh, tenfold forward because everyone was looking for that kind of like fast <laughs> yeah, punk sound and, and like we toured with all those bands like that year and the year after like we mm. did um, we did a bunch of shows with the Offspring in 94, 95 and we did a bunch of sh- and we did uh, the tour with Rancid in 94 and we did uh, a couple shows Green Day like around some time so like you just kind of watched it explode you know like we were um, we were on tour and um, uh, in like 94 and we had a couple shows coming up with 
with the offspring that mm. we just just kind of heard of like we didn't really know who they were you know but then like the, the, we were on tour like, kind of leading up to that and we're like looking up like on a TV screen and it's like the offspring on TV we're like like are we playing with those guys you know like, like we know those I think we're playing those dudes mm. and uh the shows that like we had with them in Florida like they kept like bumping up the venue size like every day they're like oh like it's gonna be like in a thousand capacity it's gonna be like a two thousand capacity you know cause they just like as we were getting nearer to those shows on, on tour like they were just exploding you know mm. and that's when it all punk just got big like that whole summer did you see that coming at all like did you feel like oh there's a change in in the music industry because Kurt dies yeah and then all of a sudden there's this void and it seems that punk just grasped it and it just went we were so just 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 like blindly into into doing our own thing that we didn't know what was going on Hmm. in in our periphery you know like didn't have any idea we we just kind of saw it happen you know like yeah, I don't remember ever thinking about it. Like, we just just were doing our thing, you know. I can never say the word maniacal, maniacal laughter. Yeah, well done, yeah. did it. <laughs> <laughs> Came out in '95, so you've already had that year of like the boom of the, the second coming of punk, they say. Yeah. So, you did the, again, you decided to do it with BYOB and yeah. um, and yourselves. Were there other labels coming at you for that album? Not yet. Not no. yet. No, no, no. That, that came like a little bit later. Mm. We um, we did Monocle uh, Laughter, and um, like we just th- that record, like we just were touring constantly. So we were, like, went tour for like six months, and we ended up in California. And it, 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 we were staying at like at, at, at the BYO house, like writing songs, like like, and, and we had like like ten days until we like went in the studio, and we we're just like still writing songs, you know. So like that whole record's a real, to me, it's it's, it's like a burst of energy, you know, like yeah. us, like, 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 like we were like such a tight touring band, and and the whole record was recorded live, you know. Really, so, because the sound is completely different from your debut, like so much more faster and so much yeah. more aggression. Like there were no like guitar doubles or anything, no. just just like straight up live record, you know. And and that kind of played onto the the, the yourself um, titled one that came out in Epitaph. Again, most of those songs are like under two minutes, really yeah. fast, really kind of like a punch in the face if it's the first time you've ever heard of the Balancing Souls. Was right. that intentional as well? Was that just... That's just what was coming out, you know? Like, yeah. The self-titled record, we just um, recorded everything that we thought of. Like, there was no, like, like sifting through anything, you know? Like, like there were so many, like, kind of half-finished ideas in there, mm. but... Um, we just recorded everything. We're like, we're just going to make a record. I think it's like 18 songs, you know, but still like, it's like 32 minutes or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, and that's when we signed to Epitaph. So when you did sign to Epitaph, were there other labels coming for you? Or, um, or was it just Ep- Epitaph? Fuck that. We're going for Epitaph. Yeah. And, and we did, uh, um, Descendants were coming back on like, they, they came back and did it. Everything sucks. Like they got back together. And, and they asked us to go on tour with them, which is huge for us because they're like our like high school heroes, you mm. know. Because Descendants were like our favorite band, you know. And um, so like we went on tour with them, and that's when, when when like Brett saw us, and like he invited us to go out and stuff, and then he asked us to be an epitaph, and that was a big deal, you know. Was that an instant yes? At the time, everything in epitaph was so like West Coast, yeah, to us, and they were almost like like the enemy. You know what I mean? Because we were so like, 
proud of where we were from. You know, we're like all these fucking California bands, like fuck this, you know. And but then once we like met Brett and went there, like he was so fucking cool, you know. We're like, this is a cool place for us to be, and like we can like represent like where we come from on this label, you know. So we kind of had like a change of heart and um, ended up being like the best thing we ever did, you know. Christmas party like like a staff Christmas party at Epitaph uh, we only went to one because we were actually out there uh, recording the gold record yeah and they invited us to a Christmas party it was quite nice yeah, yeah it was great I've yeah. heard stories yeah, it was quite really good nice. yeah. <laughs> it was like 2005 maybe sorry swallowing beer that that's okay you ended the, you ended, usually are quite good at timing when right. someone's talking and then I get to finish but um, anyway second gift okay let's give you that there. there you go Again, shake it. It's not a puzzle. It's not a puzzle. It's not <laughs> football. Not a football. Uh, also, I was, when I was bringing you gifts, I was like, "This dude's got to take shit home." Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not going to bring you some like, the small gifts. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very thoughtful. That's right. What's happening here? Ooh, I can see this, but I don't know what it is. So what it is is a pack of cards with um, legendary uh, musicians okay. on the front. I see David Bowie and Amy Winehouse on so the front. So I'm kind of interested to see who are in there. Should as we? Mus- yeah, open okay. up, man. So who we got? Who's who's the ace of? We got Stevie Wonder. I don't uh, know who so that that's is. Beyonce is the Queen Beyonce. of Hearts. Prince is the Jack of Hearts. He's the, he's He's the a don. I have no idea. Cindy Lawford? Madonna? Madonna? Okay, yeah. I don't know. So that's the queen. Elton John. Uh, Elton John's the queen of hearts. Queen that's of that's hearts. <laughs> I like this. I don't know who uh, this is. No idea who that is. Uh, Lennon. John Lennon is the... Six of hearts. Six of hearts, okay. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> it's a lot of generic blonde a lot people, of people in there. I don't know. Uh, There's some good ones in here, though. Uh, who's that? I don't know. I think they say on the Again, it's really dark. I can't it see is, it. yeah. BB uh, King. BB King, okay. There you go. He's, he's the king of... Uh, king of uh, clubs. Spades. Clubs? Spades? Yeah. Clubs, I can't see yeah. anything. So. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, that's uh, what's James his choice? Brown. James Brown. This yeah. is great, man. I mean, we could have just kept going. That's yeah. the podcast. It's just us yeah, talking about cards. But yeah, do you, you play cards? Yeah. yeah. I'll play cards for sure. Oh, good. We'll use, we'll use these tonight. Go for it, man. I feel so honored. I mean, it's Christmas. Yeah. It's, what, it's what we do I'm at Christmas. I'm getting the Christmas spirit now. I'm glad, man. I'm glad. So, out of the people in their cards, we just kind of flick through a few. Okay. Who would you have liked to have played live with? Not with someone. Or who, 
to with, yeah, not to watch or seen. Who would you like like to prefer to lie with? Because be yeah, the band, yeah. <laughs> well, just one gig. So like, Prince. I've been told that James Brown was a bit of a fucker uh, to be in the Prince. band. Prince. He's like the best guitar player in the world. Yeah. Or, yeah. So why do you think Prince never made it to that kind of John Lennon? Uh, like, I, think he, I think he did. You think he did? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know anyone who doesn't like Prince. You know, like yeah. he's he's crossed over every. Every boundary, I think. Hmm. Like, I, I bet, like, like people who like like Scandinavian death metal like love Prince. You know, yeah. <laughs> like everybody loves Prince. Yeah, best he's guitar pl- player ever. I think he's yeah. also the third best Joker as yeah. well. He played the Joker in that's the right. Batman music video. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's gotta be hard Very for cool. yeah. Jared Leto being yeah. shitter than, <laughs> <Yeah>. than Prince <laughs> as a Joker. He's the coolest man. He is. Yeah, yeah he is. I wish yeah. I got to meet him. Memphis is it was, was it Memphis or no somewhere in Prince yeah where did you grow up Minneapolis Minneapolis yeah. that was it it's a purple rain right yeah is that, is that is that based in Minneapolis yeah oh, okay First Avenue see that's I cry every time Dinner Purple Rain oh really yeah there's two movies I cry every time I see them Dinner Purple Rain and the end of Rudy Rudy I've never Rudy. seen you never seen Rudy? Rudy no what's Rudy yeah I see Rudy what's it about it's about uh Toll's <laughs> engine it's about uh <laughs> Um, a kid like in high school who wants to, who wants to play football for Notre Dame yeah like it's his dream you know but he's too small when he tries so hard it's a true story yeah and he uh, you know he he, he he works the whole time he's there to be on the team and like he's just like the guy that gets his ass kicked the whole the practice and then at the end of the movie they let him out in the field for one time you know it's just Waterworks every time. <laughs> Do you see yourself in that? Is that is that why? Why are you I, so? I was like underdog story, yeah. you know. The guy works hard. Hmm. You gotta you gotta go home tonight and watch Rudy. Rudy's on my list. Okay, I put, I'll find it and uh, we'll watch it. Um, so you said starting to Epitaph kind of like changed everything and kind of opened yourself up to like new avenues and stuff like that. What's the biggest thing they did like for you? Was it just promotion? And yeah, I think like I think the biggest thing. At the time for us was being on those on the punk rama compilations, mm. you know, because every every person got that. Every yeah. kid, like to this day, you know, we hear people like I first heard about you, uh, like punk rama five, like the, this song. I, I, I that went like further than anything else. And they were like, that's such an awesome idea. Like at, at the time, you know, like I think they were like a dollar or two dollars or something. And yeah. that's here every band on Bataf kind of funny you say about punkarama and um, it was kind of that but it was from a mate uh kind of making a mixtape for me and right. uh, hopeless romantic the the album was on there oh awesome and cool. and obviously ole was the one that everyone just yeah, yeah. used to jump on <laughs> and i hope, hope you don't mind me saying but it is a bit of a goofy song oh it's, like, it's the goofiest we hate it do you really do you hate it so much like we love the ole part you know yeah. like we'll play it live is it better as soon as we get to the, like, <laughs> the singing part we're yeah. like nope <laughs> Yeah. But uh, 
is, is the one that I'm like, oh man, that's so that's so cheesy. But it's everywhere. But the Alive part is great. And, yeah. and it's like, it's become like, synonymous with Gnostic Souls. And we hear it being played, like our version is, is played like in stadiums all over the fucking world, you know? Mm. It's super, super cool. I mean, there was a time where about a mate could not come into a bar if he had Adidas trainers on because everyone would sing that line to them. Right, right. And then everyone's like, hey, ole. Um, but that, I mean, that song is kind of grown into a world of its own because I've heard it played out before football teams come out yeah. I've heard it on the um, wrestling uh, like it seems to have been played a lot I mean it's, it's, yeah, totally. there's a well known CM Punk who's used it a oh, couple yeah. of times CM Punk's our buddy yeah, yeah. Does, does that dude actually like how, how deep is his punk knowledge then he, CM Punk he's like total punk is he yeah he, yeah, yeah. he goes to shows all the time man. oh cool um, so, it's awesome so in regards to like how that has made a life of its own you love it but you hate it right um, I would hate it. it it's just it, it's the one that like like we're always like oh, hmm. but we'll play it like the delay part you know like if people start if, if the crowd like starts to do it like we just kind of bust into it you know yeah and then we stop we start another song <laughs> we're you know? done <laughs> yeah. we're not doing that no more um, so I, I spoke about how like um, hopeless romantic was like the first album that I liked on social media and then people started throwing back what it what their favorite bouncing souls album was and. Summer Vacation was the one that came back the most. Is that's that the one, yeah. Is that the surprise for you, or is that something that's kind of well-known within the group, that that's the album that... That's the album, yeah. Yeah. That's the one, like... I don't know if it was, like, a time and a place. Um, like, if the, the, the music scene, like, there was like, a lot of kids mm. at a certain age that were getting into us, you know, but I think that's the one that is the most, like, timeless. So for you, is that kind of like a an album where about you praise it but also you're sad because it's the album that I believe that you first produced and then it's the album where about your drummer long term drummer left yeah so like obviously recording at that time was it already tension in the room because as a producer you're, you're like this is now your baby your name is yeah. attached to it not only as a band, as a player but also as a producer well like me and Brian like like, like we co-produced it with uh the engineer John Seymour hmm. so he kind of took over like a lot of that like responsibility because there were so many things happening you know like it it was our first record with Michael which um you know the sadness of losing our, our good friend Shao hmm. was fucking horrible but uh like Michael coming into the band like uh, it, it was like a whole new life you know like and like we spent that whole summer with him every day just just like playing music so I think it was like a, a real like burst of energy mm. into our you know like a little bit of wind in our sails and um, we went into that record like like kind of like 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 maniacal laughter like like full steam and just just like like the songs were cool you know and we're like we were ready to like we made a cool record. So why did you get the 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 itch to produce? Why why like were you just not happy? <laughs> <laughs> were you just not happy just playing the guitar or was he like you were just interested in like the, the production and creating it's a part of it that like I was most kind of drawn to you know and like I actually um, took a couple classes for it like like in high school you know like and I enjoyed like I had a four track in high school and like we used to record stuff in our basement hmm. and um, then when we started to to make records I would always be in the studio just kind of paying attention and you know like like they spend extra time with like the engineers and stuff just just, just, just like picking their brains mm. um, it, it's just what I was interested in as the band we went through like a, like a time where like we were like doing less you know because like everyone like we've been touring so much yeah. so at that time I, I built like my own studio and just started like 
just a couple guinea pig bands, you know, like come in and I'll fucking record you guys for free and we'll, and I'll get, I'll learn how to do stuff, you know. Like, that's the best way to learn, just by doing it. I was going to say, so what, obviously you've, you've worked under a lot of other producers. What's the best like advice you've been giving, given as a, from a producer to, to um, better yourself as a producer? I think to me it's um, to just like trust your ears and, and uh, um, I'm less of like a, like a tech head than just like I want to get shit to like feel and sound cool you know mm. I, I think people get really um, so into the technical side of things that like you're like it's like this is a band and they need to be be treated as as humans you know and like just to like be in a room together or just like playing music and not worrying so much about the technical side of things you mm. know just to, to make it sound to make it sound great and, and make everyone feel like super comfortable you know? so you've gone on and now produced like the loved ones Dave House obviously solo work uh, Menzingers and uh, Jersey's own Brian Fallon um, oh yeah. yeah so out of those list of people who have you enjoyed producing the most not who's your favourite but what what like elements did they did they bring to you that you went oh that's exciting um, that's, that's, uh... there's so many bands that I like really enjoy working with because I I learned so much from other people's like process you know what I mean and, and like how like they write songs and um, I'm trying to think of a good example there's a band that I've been doing a lot of stuff with recently called Gallows Bound you heard of them it was like no. they're, they're from Virginia and uh, just like their like their songwriting is like super cool and like I really I love getting in it hmm. I don't know it's hard to it's one, those, it's one of those where I'm about to say name your favorite album and then everyone's like uh, yeah because well, yeah. like, everyone everyone's like process is so different you know and yeah. like I try to go into every project just open minded you know and ready to just get into the mix of all different people's personalities you know because half the job is it's like reading like the whole room and how can I make everyone happy and like work together right you know so in that sense then do you find it easier to produce your, your own band The Bouncing Souls than, than producing no it's 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 not really that fun at all to to work with your own band you know no. I'd rather go go somewhere else to do that like the last one we did with uh, Will Yip who's fucking amazing you know like he's he's the best mm. so that was a really cool experience is that though because you feel like because you know them so well that they, they take it personally when you give notes uh, it's, it, it's kind of more fun to just go and like be like the songwriter guitar player yeah you know and, um, and, and again like Every time I work with anyone new, like I, I learn so much, you know. So I like to like, go to school every time. You know? So when Shell left, do you think that kind of hurt a lot more than what you expected? Because from what I've read, that uh, Greg nearly left during Anchors Away. Yeah, is that true? And yeah. was that because he that Shell left, or was it because that it was just he was just getting pissed off? Uh, we were at that time. We were touring a lot. Everyone. But Greg at the time was heavily into drinking and doing a lot of drugs, you know? Like, we were having a lot of fun, and Greg wasn't, you know? Yeah. So, like, I look back now, and I'm like, how did he deal with us at all, you know? So I give him a lot of, a lot of credit for, uh, at the time, like, sticking sticking by us, because like, we were just in this mad, like, dash to play, and, like, you know, like, we got to get bigger, we got to work, we got to work hard. And it, it was like, 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 those two records said, kind of blown up so like we were mm. playing like bigger shows and we were like really busy and, and like we were saying yes to everything and, and like me and Brian and Michael on your drummer and like like a lot of like 
friends and our crew were just like tearing it up like you know every night up till like fucking five in the morning and like and like we were just having fun you know but Greg wasn't having fun because he had to like he had to deal with us yeah every day like look at us like oh fucking idiots so was there a moment where as Greg went guys like either this stops or I'm fucking off or was Uh, it a lot more more like he was like I don't want to do this anymore you know like and like I'll do these couple tours and then I'm I'm out you know but then um, as that time kind of progressed like we all kind of came back together as a unit you know and, and we were like agreed to kind of like slow the ship down a little bit yeah but um, I think that's what gave us our like longevity you know is that we we like respect each other's like where each other are at hmm. in life at different times you know and you know like let's let, let, like let's not do all the shit and let's just take our time and, and that's what we did to the gold record so the gold record for me was the moment whereby I think this is this is me speaking to you in the band okay. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the band but for me like the gold record is the, the album whereby I think really settled like for me it's the perfect album I don't think oh, there's thanks. a bad track on there thank you and it's just a beautiful album and like I just want to quickly touch on um, Letters from Iraq because for me that, al- that song kind of comes out of nowhere because you've never really been heavily political and then all of a sudden there's a song about something that's highly political that's going on right. which is still the country's still feeling the ramifications of now where did that come from and why did you decide that that, that was something that you wanted um, to do it's a long story but I'll, I'll try and just give like the like cliff notes um, we were on tour in Germany um, like or, around that time like 2004 maybe hmm. and it was like Thanksgiving time and um we met this group of um, Marines that came to the show, and they they were on, uh, you know, like they had like a little, a little bit of time off, but they were going back to Iraq soon, and they yeah. were just they started telling us all these crazy fucking stories about being over there. They became like really good friends of ours, you know, and, and, and they got they got fucked they got fucked with a lot, you know. And um, one guy named Garrett, I think he started this thing called. Uh, Iraqi immigrants against the war, you know. So they were they were very outspoken, and they were like they would tell us all these fucking stories. And it was heavy as fuck, you know. So Garrett, like he started he started like writing us letters, yeah. And he started like writing. He's like one of his his outlets was which he would write poetry, you know, about what was going on, and he would write these beautiful long things to us. And uh, one day, like. We work on songs for Gold Record, and, and like, 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 let's like ask him to like take all these thoughts and to, just, just, to, just like make them into a song, you know. And like, and then he wrote, um, he sent us like, like a bunch of lyrics, and that's what became this is my rack. Right? They're his words.
Ghost of a Broadwalk was the first album you released away from Epitaph. Yeah. Was that your decision or was that their decision? We um, just wanted to just do something different, you know? Like, we did Epitaph for, like, five records, or four records. And um, it's a 20-year anniversary. Yeah. And uh, so we're like, let's just record the whole thing ourselves and um, release a song every month, you know? Or, or Like, we release a song every month on the internet and then we did a seven-inch every three months. And at the end of the year, we put it all together into a record. So it was just just an experiment to do something new, yeah, and different. So I mean, talking about different, when you had your 20 year celebration, you did like a uh, Bouncing Souls TV spectacular. Oh yeah. And I think if people watch that now, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be misplaced on on uh, Adult Swim because it's yeah. so weird. It's pretty ridiculous. And it's hell there. So where the fuck did that idea come from? We, we wanted to. Uh, do something like we had kind of like the idea and then this guy that we kind of worked with uh, I can't remember his name now um, he was in Minneapolis and so we sent him like the ideas and then he ran with it you know? <laughs> he's like let's do this let's do that let's do this and then uh, I don't know whose idea it was but my favorite part of that the board meeting <laughs> that whole scene you know so, yeah. like, we just did that like in a day and uh, it was like you know it was like you know a, a, Another like let's do something fun and different. Yeah. And like we just did like a comedy sketch, you know, because like not a lot of bands do that. Huh? It, it legit looked like it was something on Adult Swim, like something you yeah. would watch at two a.m. in the morning, yeah. where you might be a little bit worse away and just like turn it on and you just kind of don't understand why you're laughing, but you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pretty funny. So thirty years, obviously jumping forward now because we're going to need to wrap up soon. Okay. Uh, 30 years uh, you've released an EP and a book yeah. um, uh, called uh, Critical Moments um, why a book why have you decided to go down a, a book route um, we thought about it like, like a couple years ago like how cool it would be to put a book out you mm. know just just, just of um, but, but then we're like we don't want to like write a story like you know like, like we don't want to like sit around telling stories so we thought it would be a much cooler thing if we asked like our friends like that have been around the band for like a long time to write about like like their experience with us you know like yeah. and, um, so we asked like a few people and like the story started coming in and, and we're like, like they, they were like you know all different people from different eras of our life you know and, and, and it brought back so many cool memories and we're like let's ask more people and then we it became like a thing where we asked them a lot of people do it and we got back such cool stuff so we wanted other people to tell the whole story yeah and um then we found tons of old, old pictures and old flyers and it was a good that it came out really cool like like we went through like a lot of revisions and um um our friends put the whole thing together and um but it was like you know it was a year like in the making and how involved were you like were you like 100% yeah yeah um they, they did like all like the collecting and layout and stuff. But like we went through like lots of different revisions and shit. And I, I think it came out kind of super cool. Yeah. So, thirty years now. <coughs> are, you, is it, are we expecting another ten years, or is it just see what happens? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> like, like we're loving it as much as ever. Like you know, um, especially now because we all have things at home like I I produce records 
Ryan's tattoo shop. Mm. Uh, Greg and his wife do do, do music and, and his art. George has the two bands in Hot Water Music too. So we only go out and like when it's it's fun, you know. And so like, like like we're not like like we're not like punching any clocks, you know. Yeah. Like we're like like we'll tour like this much every year, and then everyone goes home and has their own things and like families and stuff. Um, so it's not like we're not going anywhere because it's still we're having a great time good man it's no more one, fun than ever you know it's cool and we're glad man because like every album is just a smasher man I really Thanks. enjoy the band they've Thanks been with me since I've been a little kid growing up and it's just fucking right. it's amazing man cool, so thank you my pleasure uh, I hope that was badass that was couldn't, great couldn't help myself had to use that <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, happy Christmas happy Christmas have too. a good one and uh, yeah see you great. cheers Thanks man a lot. thank you that was awesome believers Welcome back. Thank you to Pete for taking the time to talk to me. Go check out Crucial Moments, the book and the album. Great for those last-minute gifts for your loved ones. Thank you to Matt as well from the Lo-Fi Rebels uh, for sponsoring this week's podcast. Go support them and their music. There'll be a link in this bio for you to find out how you can support that band. If, like those guys, you would like to sponsor an episode in 2020, you can do that by recording yourself via your phone, like Matt, or in a studio, and send it over to punksinpubs at gmail.com. And you could be sponsoring an episode of the podcast in 2020 and hopefully find a new audience for completely free. So that was the last episode of 2019. So I want to very quickly uh, thank all the people who gave up their time to speak to me. There are over 21 episodes this year. I'm not going to reel them off one by one, but you can go back and check them out if you haven't already done so. Also, thank you to the Manchester Punk Festival. Tickets are on sale now. Slam Dunk. Tickets are on sale now. And Punk Rock Holiday sold out. Unlucky for letting me piss around at their respected festivals. Lastly, give yourself a pat on the back because without you, I wouldn't be having a blast that I am doing this podcast. So thank you for your continuing support. That's it for me. Uh, I thought what we'll do is a little old school and have a band play out the show. That band is from New York. They're called the Jack Knife Stilettos and uh, I'm going to play you their uh, Christmas song, Dear Santa. It's out now on Joan Jett's label, uh, Black Heart Records. Have a happy Christmas or holiday. Uh, I will see you in 2020. And don't forget, if you go into a punk show and you see someone fall down, you pick them right back up again. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.
have to come once a year. <laughs>